Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. Today we're going to talk basketball, talk the Christmas Day games, revisit the association after a long time of talking Purdy Ball. Uh, we'll talk all through these games. Let's start with Bucks at Knicks, Drew. As we are recording, the spread is Bucks minus five, total is 224 and a half. Strange season for both of these teams. Mitchell Robinson being ruled out for the year has probably been the Knicks' second best player this season when healthy. And then the Bucks, uh, their offense has turned supernova, but they cannot guard anything. Uh, what's your breakdown of this one? Yeah, the, I, I would still put IQ second most important uh, Nick after Brunson, okay. but uh, Mitchell Robinson was right there. He was playing a great, great ball. Really, really a bummer to see him go down. And yes, I think uh, uh, this is lined with uh, you know some expectation that Milwaukee is going to be able to find a way to get it done, but not necessarily a lot of high confidence of those in the market that they're going to win by margin. Um, some of that is, uh, I would say, attributable to the fact that the Knicks have a decent rest advantage heading into this game. Uh, certainly the fact that it's an early tip off in the garden, you know, the likelihood of the Knicks being more familiar with the kind of setting and the preparation that needs to be done to come out and play a solid game that early with that early tip off is I would tilt the advantage Knicks over uh, Bucks. And so basically you can kind of get where I'm coming from, which is I'm just looking for any angle here to bet the home team Knicks. Uh, The I don't know if you remember, but uh, we have a recent example of uh, Knicks and Bucks uh, in a high leverage game. It was uh, the quarterfinals of the uh, in-season tournament, and that was competitive for a half. And then the Bucks absolutely ran away in the second half, and the Knicks had no answers, although I think uh, this is now a little bit different situation being in New York, being early, and uh, you know, being uh, a, a little bit of a fatigue uh, advantage in favor of the Knicks. So uh, not my favorite play of the entire uh, suite of, um, of games on the card, but uh, I think... With this drifting into the four and a half, five point range, this is Knicks or pass. Yep, no, that's fair. Uh, the Bucks so far have played by some measures the easiest strength of schedule in the NBA, and they still only have the nineteenth best defense. There's just no hope on the perimeter. Like there's just no one who can stay in front of every anyone. And I think that uh, the biggest takeaway for me from the Bucks season so far is just how much, not so much that they just missed Drew Holiday, but how dependent. Giannis and Brooke are defensively on having a Drew Holiday type guy in front of them who can navigate screens, who can push guys in the right direction. And I'm not sure that really is going to get cured. Um, The team is way (laughs) too dependent on my namesake, uh, my twin brother, Jay Crowder, whose absence has seemingly um, contributed to taking their defense. But uh, there's nothing that is ultra inspiring about the Bucs 
right now with the caveat that Giannis and Lillard can win any series um, if they they turn it on um, as much as they can. But, yeah, for this game, I have no particular lean. I'd be with you. I'd be leaning Knicks if forced. I don't think there's any way to really bet these teams at the moment in futures markets. The market has kind of cottoned on to the fact that Emmanuel quickly um, – our departed, our departed father, Emmanuel Quickly, is he's just up against it in terms of getting minutes. He's playing 22 yeah. minutes uh, this month as we're recording. And as someone who's very familiar with Quickly's work, like if he's not making shots, then Tibbs doesn't close with him. And maybe that changes a little bit now that Mitchell Robinson is just like one less guy in the rotation, but you'd expect that they would more skew big or skew Josh Hart um, instead of Quickly there. So don't like him for six man of the year. Giannis for MVP was fascinating to me for a while, but I think Embiid has just uh, ratcheted up that to a place where I'm not sure Giannis... I mean, he can get there. I still think he should be the third favorite in that market, but uh, that seems like it's going to be Embiid or Jokic again for the fourth year straight, uh, and we'll get to that in a sec. But do either of those guys or anyone else appeal to you in any of these markets? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm still bullish IQ for six man of the year. I would keep a very close you know, eye on that. Um, right now, he is still in most of the most effective five-man combinations that the Knicks are playing. Um, and I think that matters. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're right. He needs to start making shots to get in that closing group. But uh, I still have hope uh, that that is an option. Um, kind of one other interesting wrinkle about this game that I wanted your take on. Wild clash of pace here. <laughs> Yeah, the Bucks are out there uh, with uh, an estimated about 100, 102 possessions per 48 minutes, which is fourth fastest in the NBA. Uh, meanwhile, the Knicks are at 96.9, which is second slowest in the NBA. Uh, decent chance that with the early start and a little bit of uh, kind of out of just out of the norm kind of setting uh, that this plays to a, a first half under. I know that's a very common and, and, and uh, well, uh, you know, there's been a lot of ink spilled over that particular uh, angle, but first half under in these early games on Christmas day, I, you know, especially that you have now the second slowest team in the league and the Knicks involved uh, to me would be a fun play. Yep. No, I like it. First game ended up, uh, what, 146-122 between those two teams. So perhaps <laughs> there'll be a correction there. Um, on your point on quickly, I haven't so much thought about who I think should win uh, that award as much as who I think will win it, uh, which is mm -hmm. obviously much more relevant for the market. I think uh, without having really done the deep dive, I think I'd probably vote quickly at the moment. I think he's the best guy coming off the bench again, um, but I'm not sure. Between the Knicks, I mean, losing Robinson just hurts their ceiling so much as a team in terms yeah. of being able to get a top three seed. So I think you're probably looking at a team that maxes out, you know, as a four seed with quickly playing 24 minutes a game, perhaps. Um, and if he's not having an outlier shooting season, I think he's going to be up against it, particularly because it's a deeper class um, of six men this season, though there is no runaway at the moment. All right, Warriors at Nuggets. Nuggets, five-point favorites. This is the 2.30 p.m. Eastern game. Total is 2.30 and a half. Draymond Green obviously will not be playing in this game. This line struck me as a little bit light. Uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, it's a little bit light. <laughs> Why is it only five? I'm not, I mean, I, like there's, there seems the seemingly bottomless support for the Warriors at any price. And, uh, you know, that it's a very flawed team. Um, the Chris, 
Chris Paul minutes this year, and he's had to have a lot of them because, um, you know, you've gotten long stretches here without Draymond Green, and you've had uh, really kind of a, a need for another you know, uh, playmaker and distributor on the floor, but like his style of play and his strengths and weaknesses clash so aggressively with the guys they have him out there with so much of the time that it's just, it doesn't really feel like I have any kind of clear picture of who the Warriors really are. Um, and Draymond Green being unavailable for this game causes huge defensive, um, you know, uh, limitations for the various ways that they can try to roll out and defend a truly dynamic offense. Um, Nikola Jokic has, in my opinion, at least, kind of backed up uh, an amazing campaign from last season with uh, an incredible start to this year. He's still, to me at least, uh, the most important offensive player in basketball and probably the still the best player in basketball, even though, uh, you know, pretty clearly to this point in the season, uh, Embiid is outperforming him. I think, well, at full strength, the starting five for the um, uh, Denver Nuggets is kind of an unstoppable and perfect unit. Everybody knows and has their roles and responsibilities developed so well uh, with that crew and the chemistry is so strong, um, you know, and, and for what it's worth, there hasn't been a ton of uh, miles on um, Jamal Murray so far this season. So I think there is plenty, plenty, plenty of scope for uh, the Nuggets to kind of pick up uh, you know, their current net rating, which is uh, not especially impressive at seventh overall with just a plus five. Um, and, you know, mostly I think the the outstanding ability to, uh, you know, kind of defend the perimeter, combine that with uh, unstoppable offense makes them the clear bet in this spot. Um, not exactly sure what Golden State can do to counter things. I usually look like to try to find a way in to all of these games on Christmas, looking for a reason to bet the dog. Um, but you have uh, a relatively well-rested uh, uh, Denver team uh, combined, you know, equal uh, fatigue uh, between these two squads. So no, um, no advantage one way or the other and uh, a clear better starting and closing five, in my opinion, with the Nuggets. So uh, they should win. They should cover. I'll probably play some Nuggets first quarter, which is usually, uh, in my opinion, a little bit of a discounted way to get on, involved with some Nuggets because rather than giving you a fair uh, price based on the starting five and the advantage, they give you just kind of the full game total cut into four. Um, so that uh, that's a fun way to play that one if you don't want to take on a full game minus five. It is baffling the market is not corrected around that, that this was surely the great in terms of just splits. This is the biggest one ever in terms of first quarter markets, given the drop yeah. off to the non-Jokic minutes, particularly when Murray was out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand how that, that still exists. It's probably mitigated a little bit in this one because of Steph on the other side and a, a drop off that is not from memory, not as extreme as perhaps years past, but still, um, it's still, you know, 12 minutes of Stephen Curry, but that is certainly something to look for in Nuggets games. Um, it's been a lot of consternation over the Golden State Warriors and why they've been so underwhelming. It's quite simple. They just don't have any good players anymore. It's <laughs> now plus one EPM. He's still fine, but he's not anything resembling, you know, the guy that he was uh, pre-injury, pre-injuries certainly, and and even in the the title season recently, Draymond hasn't been the same guy when he's been out there. Andrew Wiggins is atrocious. He's just a massive negative to a basketball team at the moment. I don't know what happened to him. Um, obviously, he missed a huge chunk of the season last year um, because of personal reasons, but he just hasn't been the same guy at all. Chris Paul has been probably about what you would expect, but they're just... 
they're old, they're small, they're athletic guys like Kaminga and Wiggins just haven't given them what they need. Kaminga's fine, but he hasn't lived up to expectations. Then on the other side, in the Nuggets, and Jokic is now plus 350 for MVP um, after sitting his favorite for a long time, flipping to Embiid after Embiid now just scores 45 every night for fun. Uh, and I think the difference simply right now in this MVP race is one guy is really trying and the other guy isn't trying at all. Like Jokic has just completely taken the foot off the gas in December. He's averaging 22 points per game this month. And now that includes the ejection against Chicago. But even still, like the Dallas game, took eight shots against Dallas. He scored eight points. So he's just coasting at the moment. And if that's not going to change, then Embiid, I think, is just going to stroll to this thing if he stays healthy. I would also expect at some point Embiid is going to suffer a downturn. And he's also gotten injured in 100% of his seasons in the NBA. And Jokic is uh, one of the most durable players in the league. Um, so this is, I don't think that Embiid is just going to absolutely stroll to it. I think that Jokic is going to have a surge at some point. I think plus 350 is still a little bit too big, but this Nuggets team does seem to be a little bit Golden State, that kind of 2018-19 phase where they're just kind of getting through it um, and gearing themselves up for the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, what have you seen from Jokic so far? Do you think this is going to change or do you think that, you know, he has kind of settled into his his role? Uh, you know, the I think ultimately he'll ramp up to where you know, there, there will be a time in the season where they're going to have to kick it into a higher gear. Almost certainly. Um, right now, the Timberwolves aren't going anywhere. They're their number one seed. The Thunder aren't going anywhere. Number two seed. Uh, and I don't think the Nuggets really are relishing a ro- potential road series in round two of the playoffs if they want to try to get a back-to-back title here. So, um, How about my Clippers? The Clippers, they're coming. They're, they're, yeah, they're coming too. Like they got, like there's really not a margin for them to uh, kind of you know play a full season on their heels and try to be just be healthy for a playoff push. Like they need to start uh, pressing a little bit here. It may not happen until January. A lot of these teams, like you know, just try to stay healthy, try to find out who who do you have in terms of role players, especially because like the the bench was such a problem for the Nuggets last year and so obvious. And it didn't hurt them in terms of standing. It didn't hurt them in terms of uh, championship, obviously. But I think uh, a lot of the early part of the season has been an in, a specific intention to try to get a, a sense of who you have uh, on that roster that can contribute at all. Um, because, and I would expect that there's a little bit more emphasis on playing better basketball for them in, uh, in January and February. Um, and if it doesn't happen then, then the fire alarm is going to put force their hand in March, April. So uh, we'll see if uh, if that ends up manifesting. But uh, I would still say that at anything better than two to one, Jokic is the bet for MVP. Um, and I, I, you know, I, like I'm going to participate in it if it comes around. You know, I'm happy to. The big angle against Jokic last year was that he did nothing in the playoffs. <laughs> And what do you think the angle they're going to use to uh, try to split hairs between Embiid and Jokic this year? It's going to be the shoe on the other foot there. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a fun argument to have trying to decide between these all-time great centers who's more more valuable, more important. But uh, for me, it is Jokic. And for me, I think the fact that there is potentially an angle for, um, you know, for the, the talking heads to kind of put and be down makes it that much more likely it's just going to be Jokic. Yeah. Look, last year it wasn't a fair fight for Jokic at all, and this year it's <laughs> not going to be a fair fight for Embiid at all. But 
the issue is it has to be a fight. And right now it's not. <laughs> yeah, like right, Embiid right. is plus 10.9 right. EPM and Jokic is plus 7.5. Like right now Embiid is the MVP to me and it's not like it's not even a discussion. It's just it's 100 to 0. Um, but presumably that that will ultimately yeah. uh, turn a little yeah. bit. And I agree. Like for all, every year we talk about is this the year for Tatum? Is this the year for Luca? Like, no, it's just going to be Jokic, Embiid, or Giannis every year until something <laughs> vastly changes because these three guys just have a ceiling that no one else has because they're just bigger than everyone else. Uh, yeah. And that seems to matter. So, yeah, I think particularly Jokic and Embiid, I think their prices are still too big. Um, on Real yeah. quick on this game before we move off, is this the year that Steph Curry hits the aging you know, the age wall, um, his dark trend is bad. It looks bad. Uh, and your points about Wiggins and Clay Thompson perfectly reflected in their numbers right now. Both are minus Darko players, which is absurd. I can't believe we're here, but yes, we are. Uh, and Steph Curry's 2023 till now has just been a freaking cliff look, cliff, cliff like uh, drop off. And I don't know if I have seen it personally looking, you know, watching games, um, but uh, the advanced statistics all of a sudden are kind of turning on him in a way that uh, reminiscent of other guards who kind of get to this age in their career and they're just not as effective. Uh, do you have a read on if uh, Father Time's catching up with Mr. Curry? I mean, I think so. He's probably gone from a top three, four player in the NBA to a top a 9-10 player in the NBA, I would have thought. And to me, the most jarring thing and why, why I jumped off the Warriors bandwagon very early and started backing their win total under is like the updated one in season when it was 46.5, 47.5 under is that so Curry, Draymond and Clay have played almost 300 minutes together, which is, you know, not the be all and end all, but I think a, a material sample. They have a negative. They have a net rating of negative four in that time, and there's no there's no three point shooting luck involved in that. Both them and the opposition are shooting a bit over thirty six percent. Steph and Draymond on Clay off ninety three minutes, negative eleven net rating. Uh, it's not, and those like these these were the obviously the units that were and the combinations that were propelling them to championships. Like you. Frequently, Steph and Draymond on to be like plus fifteen, and now all of a sudden, um, it is it is much more dire. So I think that yeah, I don't think Curry can handle that load for a full regular season anymore if he's not getting help from those guys, and he's he's not getting help from those guys um, at the moment. So I think this is a five hundred team um, this season, and uh, particularly with Draymond out for a few weeks. All right. Before we get to Celtics Lakers, unwrap an early Christmas present this Saturday with an NFL doubleheader. It all begins at 3 p.m. Eastern as we take you up to kickoff in Pittsburgh between the Bengals and Steelers on NBC and Peacock. Then at 7.30, it's a Peacock exclusive matchup as Josh Allen and the Bills look to stay in the postseason mix when they travel to Los Angeles to face the Stickman, Eastern Stick and the Chargers. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. 
you can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Celtics, two-point favorites at the Lakers, total 237. Expecting that everyone on the Lakers is probably going to play, uh, but we'll see. It's never a given. Jason Tatum dealing with an ankle at the moment. Not 100% sure what his status will be at the time we are recording, but uh, what's your read on this one? I think the Celtics are clearly the best team in the NBA. I know the net ratings and the you know advanced statistics will tell you that it's 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 a it's a it's a close call. It's a conversation between them and the Sixers and Thunder and some of the other squads here at the top. But for me, at least, it's it's clearly the Celtics. Um, and there are lots of weaknesses on this uh, Lakers roster. Um, the ability of LeBron to elevate the Lakers in their in-season tournament run was pretty cool. Like I was an enjoyable watch. I was glad to see, uh, you know, that he still has that gear and that level. Um, and I'm going to attribute a lot of the success LeBron has had so far this season to just he looks healthy. Like he has dealt with groin injury going on. It feels like two or three seasons. And the fact that that is not limiting him physically right now is pretty obvious. And uh, it's cool to see him perform this well. Um, that said, LeBron, Anthony Davis, some D'Angelo Russell, some Austin Reeves. N- I can't even put them in the same conversation as the Celtics right now. The Celtics have probably a, um, they could probably run out two or three different combinations of a closing five with at least, uh, you know, three different players on those closing fives. And I think I would rate either of those combinations better than what the Lakers can come up with, which is crazy. But, they have so much flexibility in terms of how they want to try to defend, uh, and honestly, the you know the the ceiling of what they can do offensively. I don't think we've even come close to seeing it. They still are pretty reliant on the three point shot. They're shooting fine, um, but uh, you know the added dimension of Porzingis is still kind of. It looks like a little bit of a secret weapon that they're keeping under wraps to a degree, and I get why I would. <laughs> like this uh, Celtics team, I think is. Uh, for real. I don't know if they come out on Christmas and really try to make a statement like that, Um, but I do think uh, a fair price in this game for me is closer to Boston minus four. So um, anything under under three under three. And I think uh, this is Celtics or pass. Yep. I'm with you there. I'm with you on the thought that the Celtics are the best team in the league by margin. I think they're the overarching skepticism about the Celtics is this to me, very antiquated idea that you can't win a title when Jason Tatum is your best player. And I think that is just so fraught with peril uh, as an angle (laughs) from so many different reasons where, one, yes, it would be a historical outlier, Tatum being the best player on a title team, but but that's an idea and we are already living the reality of it being a historical outlier that they have got these six guys all together on the same team. Like this talent level on one team is an outlier. Uh, and also just this like a thought experiment, like, okay, Giannis is better than Tatum, but if you put four Malik Beasley's around Giannis, <laughs> then they're clearly going to get absolutely stomped by this Celtics team, even though Giannis is better than Tatum. So it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I think yeah. the, the Pistons in 2004, the Spurs teams, they dispelled the notion that, you know, you have to have 
a top three player in the NBA um, to win. Talking about the the later iteration of the Spurs when the best player on the team was Tony Parker. Like, um, <laughs> so I think that the Celtics they are the clear best team by margin. This Lakers team it is just. For two years now, it has been such a grind for them on offense, mm-hmm. and I'm not enti- I don't entirely get it why they are better, mm-hmm. um, but it just seems like it's just half court offense for them is such a slog. I, uh, as a proud Austin Reeves sixth man of the year ticket holder, I hope they don't change the starting lineup, but it really feels like it would make more sense if Reeves was just starting over Cam Reddish or Torian Prince. Makes no sense to me whatsoever, but uh, but I agree. I, uh, these lines, when we're talking about them now, they're not super solid because there's not a ton of liquidity in them yet. And I'd be pretty stunned if these two teams are full strength if the Celtics are only two point favorites. Yes. We agree. Um, future question for you. Uh, as someone who um, has a decent amount of skin in Anthony Davis, no for defensive player yeah, of the year. Right, do yeah. I need to be sweating? Because like I'm watching these games and I'm seeing him be given all this consideration. And I'm like, like, yeah, he's good. He's important. But like, was he like the is he the 10th most important right now? Like, I, I don't know. Do Am I in uh, a little bit of trouble because of the brand name recognition here? And uh, is he going to get real, real deal consideration for DPOI? Uh, I mean, I would have him second favorite, but second favorite, I don't think means a ton in the moment because I think Gobert is so far out in front of everyone right now. Um, just the fact that. I mean, Minnesota's defensive rating is 107.5. Second is Philadelphia at 110 flat. There's been a little bit of buzz about Embiid lately. Like, I don't... I mean, I think there are worlds that Embiid could certainly win, but, I mean, right now they're two and a half points behind Minnesota for defensive rating, and they've played a super easy schedule, and they're getting a crazy amount of shooting luck, and I don't think they really have the personnel to sustain that, so... Look, I wouldn't be that worried about Davis. I priced this market up earlier today. I make Davis 12 to 1 fair. So, and I think you laid a, a shorter price than that, right? <laughs> Okay. And also, okay. you had Evan Mobley just completely disappear yeah. from the market, um, which yeah. hurt. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, also, we haven't gotten to the part of the season where he misses a month. So, there's still that. I just think this team, the way that they're built, like to be a great defense, they're so dependent on maximum exertion from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I just think where those guys are at physically, where this team is at, you're just not going to get that. Whereas with the Wolves, they just have so much size and Gobert is so locked in every night on defense. And um, the way that team is built, like the Lakers to be a great defense, they need Anthony Davis playing like he was in the playoffs. And he's not going to get that night to night in the regular season. It's just not realistic. So um, even if I have Davis second favorite, uh, I don't think he's particularly close to Gobert. I still think the probably the biggest edge bet in the market right now is betting Gobert at minus 110 for Defensive okay. Player of the Year. If you think that as we're recording, I believe he's played all 26 Minnesota games. And so you need 39 out of 56 games from Rudy Gobert to qualify for this award. And that team <laughs> is 20 and 6 as we're recording. And they're just so locked into having a good team vibe, uh, which is important for this award. And so I think if Gobert has a top two defense and a top three seed, I think he's just going to walk it in with health. No, um, they, have, they have a top one defense right now with a ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah, and they project as being the best the rest of the way, and they've got a pretty decent lead banked in. And the thing is with this sure. too is that if you ask anyone who follows the NBA who has the best defense, it's Minnesota. And even if like flukily... 
OKC or Houston take over by a little bit, everyone's still going to think Minnesota has the best defense and Gobert. The other thing with this is that it's kind of, it's funny that I think because Gobert was so bad last year relative to expectation and everyone took their shots at him, that is going to contribute to why he wins this season because now there's All a narrative, right. there's an arc, there's a story, and he's also just the most deserving candidate as well. He needed the palate cleanse. I love it. I yeah. love it. Let's go, Rudy. So much story. Now that he is a feel-good player, and there was no way that he was going to get to that, I think, without last season. So, uh, yeah, look, it's not... You know, I don't think it's like minus 500 or anything that he wins, but I do think it's minus 200. Uh, so I think that he is uh, he's the best bet on the board and he will very likely win. All right, Sixers Heat. Heat are one and a half point favorites over the 76ers. Total is 218 and a half. Um, don't get this one, Drew. Why aren't the Sixers favored here? I guess the Heat are wearing their Heat culture jerseys <laughs> or something. Honestly, I, the Heat, are the Heat even an average NBA team? My numbers would yeah, put them like I think in, they're an average team. Uh, my, my, I mean, maybe maybe it's just because there's so many games in the sample where they've been like well under full strength that like yeah. on the balance of the season you sum it all up and it's like they're like 18th, 19th, depending on what metrics you want to use. Yeah. Um, and at full strength, maybe they're like 12th, but the Sixers are <laughs> pretty clearly a top five offense, top five defense. Uh, I don't really know how this. Uh, that's a unit that doesn't travel. There's no wacko rest advantage here. Um, both Philly and Miami are coming into this one fresh, fresh. So a little bit of extra rest for both of those teams. Uh, so you should have two full strength squads, and I would imagine that uh, that you know even if this is a competitive game late into the uh, uh, later stages, I don't really know what the Heat do to defend uh, Embiid at all. Like every time I feel like I've watched these teams play, it has felt like mismatch in favor of uh, Philadelphia, even in the games Miami scratched out wins. So um, yeah, it's not. I don't think this is like uh, you know a, a runaway type of price that. You know, we'll never see again, but I would be shocked if this is what we see close. And I would guess that the betting uh, <clears throat> betting market is going to be uh, pretty hot on the uh, Sixers if you're going to give them this type of respect. Yeah. And again, it's, uh, I mean, it's early. It's a fairly soft market at this point. I would be, again, yeah, pretty surprised if this is the closing line. I do think the Heat, when they are fully healthy, which they effectively are at the moment, I do think this is an above-average team. When Jimmy and Bam have shared the floor, they're above a plus-five net rating, which, again, isn't amazing because it's your two best players by margin, but um, that is fine enough. Jimmy on, Bam off, plus 6.64 net rating in 452 minutes. I think this is a solid team. I think that Huck has being as good as he has been has really helped. I think Hero back helps for a team that needs his creation, certainly in the regular season, and Lowry mm-hmm. has been fine. Um, yeah, I think this is a solid team. I think this is, I mean, with all the injuries to the Knicks and the Cavs, I think this is the favorite for the four seed, uh, even if they're not super inspiring. I think this is the fourth best team in the East, but I don't think they should be favored um, over the 76ers. All right, before we get to our last game, find another way to celebrate the holiday season by being a part of the Premier League festive fixtures beginning on Thursday, December 21st. With 29 matches over 13 days on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So check out all the thrilling moments from creative set pieces, the scorching shots, and amazing saves. It's the gift that keeps on giving. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right. Mavs at Suns. Suns five-point favorites. The total is 225.5. Kyrie Irving hasn't played since December 8th. Unsure of his status here. Derek Lively has been out. Bradley Beal is expected to miss multiple weeks. So, Unsure precisely what the personnel are going to be in this one, but uh, what do you make of these two teams in this game? Nothing I like more than capping off my Christmas day with a little bad blood between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. Um, yeah, if you did not know those guys, there's no love lost between those no, players. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is uh, the biggest uh, rest disadvantage of the Christmas slate. Uh, Phoenix is coming in uh, with the most amount of rest as uh, as you get this time of year by a, a lot. They're going to be fully, fully fresh, maybe even rusty. Who knows? Um, meanwhile, Dallas comes in uh, with uh, a little bit of a tough schedule on the way in. Uh, and as you've mentioned, they've been down bodies, which means that everybody's been playing more. Uh, and I think the fatigue in general has the Mavericks drawing dead in this one. Um, it is going to be a weird market because these international markets, like on Christmas Day, it's like it's like I always see funny stuff with these second half lines because who the heck knows who's manning the desk at yeah. these books. Uh, so excited to see if this is like a surprisingly competitive game early, if the Mavs have a lead at halftime or if they're like within a bucket at halftime time like i think sun second half is the angle of attack here as the mavs fade away uh and in general um you know this is a totally different team than the sun's team that uh you know got uh embarrassed in seven game game seven against this maverick squad and i don't think there's really any uh kind of lingering impacts there and i think uh, kevin durant uh, devin booker are good enough uh and mismatches large enough mismatches to uh to help elevate the suns here and i think there is there's, you know, we're starting to see some pretty obvious tape on exactly what you want to do when Luka Doncic is on the floor to have most offensive success against the Mavericks. So um, some of that might just be personnel related um, and, how, and you know how how lean they are in terms of bodies right now. But um, you know there is a pretty clear uh, trend in terms of how uh, offenses are attacking uh, the Mavericks, and I would expect that uh, the Suns are all over that here. So uh, Suns would be the side for me uh, at five, and uh, I'm kind of. Um, selfishly hoping that it's a competitive game at halftime and we get uh, an even better entry on Suns at second half. Yeah, indeed. Just as a little uh, inside baseball, so someone who worked at a book for a long time can tell you that uh, Christmas Day, New Year's Day is an absolute skeleton crew. There is no one <laughs> around, everyone. You try and, obviously you want 
um, you want your traders to be able to, you know, celebrate Christmas in particular <laughs> with their families. So you just try and get as few people as humanly possible rostered on so that you can just kind of get through the day. Um, but certainly uh, it's perhaps not as uh, solid an operation uh, as trading floors typically are. Um, I agree with your breakdown. I think some interesting future stuff with these teams. I think we're kind of reaching the point with the Suns where it's not quite alarm time, but, I mean, if, if they have another injury that rules out a guy for three, four weeks, then all of a sudden you're going to get to the end of the season and it's like, all right, well, Beal, Durant and Booker, they're about to go on this gauntlet of the Western Conference and they've played like 25 games together. It's not, it's not ideal. I don't really see a reason why the Suns should be favoured over the Clippers to win the West uh, at this point. I would have those teams neck and neck. Um, other future stuff, the big... I guess the most heavily favoured player or shortest player in his respective award is Tim Hardaway Jr. to win sixth man of the year. I really enjoy, well, I don't really enjoy because I'm not really invested in Tim Hardaway Jr. in this market, <laughs> but I enjoy his place in the market in a way because he's like the perfect baseline where yeah, if I'm evaluating a sixth man of the year candidate, I can just be like, all right, well, I know exactly what Tim Hardaway Jr. is and what he's going to do. He's going to be... Uh, 17 points per game on league average true shooting, decent three-point shooting, not very good field goal percentage. Uh, he is going to average nothing in terms of supporting stats, and he's going to be on a team that wins 45 games. That's exactly what he's going to be or like thereabouts. And so when I'm looking at cases for other guys, uh, it's like, can he clear the Hardaway line? Does he beat Tim Hardaway? If he doesn't, then no interest whatsoever unless the price is so extreme. But that – and look – he is going, he can win by default if everyone else falls over, but I think it's very unlikely that everyone falls over. And it's, you know, it, I think it's much more likely that someone will leap over him. I think if Austin Reeves just hits his, you know, median outcome, which is 15, 5 and 5 on solid efficiency on a Lakers team that wins 46 games, I think that would beat Hardaway fairly mm -hmm. handily. And I think there are some other guys who have the ceiling to beat him as well. Okay. Uh, but that's my read on that one. What do you think? I love that. That's fantastic uh, breakdown. I agree with you. I think the uh, the the uh, Suns Clippers is a fun conversation because, like, on paper, when they made the move for Harden, I was like, okay, all right, we know who the second best team in the West is now. It's the Clippers, yeah. and then they proceeded to do nothing to reinforce my opinion for seven, eight games. Like, there was a long stretch there. I was like, wow, I guess I was just dead wrong about what this team was um but uh of late uh the numbers they're putting up uh, are kind of much closer to what i was expecting in terms of um you know production and efficiency and uh you know i think they have uh, the redundancy and you know they just need a little bit of injury luck and i do think they're your second best team uh certainly over the suns uh concerns about the suns finding some continuity in their starting lineup closing five before we get to the uh, end of the season is definitely real um but even more than that is the you know like every team that had depth issues swung on like five or six guys to see if they could hit a single <laughs> and i guess they hit a single with Yusuf Nurkic and every other one was a swinging strike. <laughs> and so Eric Gordon's probably been. Okay. I'll give you Eric Gordon. I'll give you Eric Gordon. He's and he's ended up being very important because he's playing a very Bradley Beal light role for them. Um, yeah. but the um 
but yeah, I think uh, the just the overall strength of that roster and having not really hitting, uh, you know, really with any of the other kind of swings there was was a little rough. And um, you know, I think uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be easy for them to get through the West with the way they're going to be seated at this point. Yep, no, I agree. And uh, you say that the Clippers are the second best team. Not convinced they're not oh. the first best team. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, okay. past 17 games, they got a plus 9.3 net rating. They've got some shooting luck with that. I think they're shooting 38% from three in that time, and opponents are like 34%. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, this team has a pretty high ceiling. Uh, and the Nuggets, the Nuggets weren't, I mean, look, I think the Nuggets are probably better than the Clippers, but uh, I would not be shocked if, uh, if the Clippers win that series um, should it should it come to pass. Anyway, we'll talk about that uh, as the season mm-hmm. goes on. All right. Don't forget to check out NBC Sports for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone. Watching us on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, if you're listening to us as a podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And a reminder, find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Set to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll speak to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.